Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velo Sews and welcome back to Sew Over 50 podcast. Stay listening. Sew Organised Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us for another great Sew Over 50 podcast. Many Sew Over 50 followers share their sewing journeys and Helen Shaw recently did that on a guest post for Sew Over 50. Shirt making takes time to fit well and Helen is here to talk about her shared sewing adventure. Thank you, Helen, for coming onto the podcast to talk about yourself, your sewing and the Sew Over 50 community. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Helen, thank you for coming on to the podcast today for Sober 50. Thanks, Maria. It's an unexpected delight to be interviewed by you and to have the opportunity to talk about my newly found love of sewing. And that's why people love to listen to the stories of everyone who comes on because everyone loves sewing, are passionate about it. Otherwise, why would we be on Instagram talking and sharing our makes with each other? Helen, Can you let us know where we can find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram. Um, My name is SoSoShaw. So that's S-O-S-E-W-S-H-A-W. The name came about because when I was sort of almost starting to show, I just sort of gave myself a talking to and I said, look, SoSoShaw. And that's the name I decided to choose. Okay. How long have you been sewing for? I give you the short version or the long version. I mean, the short version is that I started sewing probably about 18 months ago. The slightly longer version is that in the early 90s, I decided I wanted to sew and um, got a sewing machine and realized almost immediately I didn't have a clue. And there were no people who sewed in my family or amongst my friends. So I bought a couple of patterns and um, made some stuff, which was okay, but didn't really fit very well. And there was just one fabric shop in town. And of course, this was before we had the internet or Instagram or any of that. And I just didn't really get inspired. I didn't see patterns or fabric that I wanted to use. And the machine sort of got put back in its box after quite a short time, I'm slightly embarrassed to say. And it went in a cupboard. And then I I must have moved house about six or seven times since then. And the the machine always came with me, but it never came out of its box. I didn't get rid of it either. And then I always watched the Great British Sewing Bee and thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice? And then one day... Oh, it must be two years ago. I was with a friend for the day and we went to a jumble sale, which I hadn't done for ages. And there was a pile of fabric. There was this piece of cord, corduroy. It was in a sort of rusty, burnt orange colour. And something about it made me pick it up and it was really lovely to touch. And, and I just said to my friend, I could make something with this. And she said, buy it. And I think it cost about... 50 pence or something like that ridiculous and I bought it and thought right this is it I'm going to sew and then of course I realized I still didn't know what I was doing (laughs) but of course now there's you know there's the internet there was Instagram 
I've realized where I'm living. I have a number of really great fabric shops with very helpful owners and people who work there. So I decided I ought to learn to sew before I did anything with this piece of cord. I started with some infinity scarves and some zipper pouches. And then it's funny, isn't it? You start to look at the things you've got in your wardrobe and then you start to look at things in shops. And I realized I quite like my clothes to be nicely finished. And so then I discovered there is a thing called an overlocker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and Father Christmas gave me one of those. I also realized I wear lots of knits. So I thought, if I'm going to do anything, I ought to be doing that. So that was another reason to have an overlocker. And I started with a toaster sweater. That was it, really. That's the thing that got me hooked, you know, a new machine to go with my old sewing machine. And um, some good advice from Instagram, from people in local shops and so on. And then I also decided I would do a course. And I did a course at my local fabric shop, Fabricate Murfield. And it wasn't to make a garment. It was called Sewing Fundamentals. And it was four evenings over four weeks. And we did lots of hems and seams and zips and pockets, setting a sleeve and things like that. So I felt I really got some technical knowledge under my belt. Yeah, that's how I started sewing. How did you find out about the course? Because that sounds quite good in getting your skills, construction skills done. No, I found out about it through, I, I guess it was through the, the website of my local fabric shop. And, you know, there are lots of courses to make a dress or a skirt or a bag or whatever. And I just thought, actually, I'd rather do something that you know, covers a, a wide range of skills that, that I can then use in the garments that I choose to make. But it was really, really great. You know, the, the way you've gone about to collect your skills to start off with, is really quite clever. So then what happened next? So I just started making things, things that I wanted to wear. And, you know, I've always said I want things that fit, that are comfortable, that suit my lifestyle. So I've made quite a few knit tops, quite a few relatively easy to fit, and say quite a few couple of pairs of trousers, <laughs> quite a few. But the great thing about Instagram is there's so much inspiration out there, isn't there? You, know, you just sort of think, well, what would I really like in my wardrobe? And in fact, me made May last year. I decided to do it even though I only had about 10 things. But it was really helpful to consciously get dressed in the morning, think what I was going to wear. What would I like to wear? What didn't I have in my wardrobe? Also, you know, what didn't I have that I would quite like to make? And out of actually, out of me made May last year, I decided the thing I'd really love to make was a pair of jeans. Ooh. And I actually did another course at the same fabric shop in the summer. Between lockdowns, I made a pair of jeans on the course, which gave me the confidence then to make a, diff a pair on my own. So I think I'm, you know, I'm very much into learning by doing. But when you've got someone alongside you who can show you, help you when it doesn't quite seem to be going right, that makes a massive difference to me. That's, that's how I build my skills. Jeans making can sometimes seem overwhelming, but it was great that you actually had 
the course to get started, do you find that you're able to source the fabric and the notions fairly easily where you live? So the interesting thing is that I really got into sewing just as all the shops shot. So for most of last year, everything was bought online and I would order swatches sometimes, but not always. I've bought most stuff for the last year from shops around the UK. So sourcing hasn't been a problem, but it has been, I don't know, I don't know how other people find this, but understanding what fabric will work with which garment and getting the right, even the right weight. So say for a pair of jeans or for a shirt. And I think I have a tendency to buy material that is maybe a bit too thick or stiff. (laughs) That's my learning curve. So it's been great this last couple of weeks, even in the UK, the shops, non-essential shops have reopened. So I have been to a couple of shops nearby, fabric shops. It's been really nice to touch and feel more than a sort of, you know, four inch square of swatch and talk to people who understand far more than I do about fabric, what might work for a shirt or or whatever it is that, that they're making. So I think there's lots of supply, but actually you can't beat in many ways a personal experience of shopping and fabric stroking and chatting of course so let's move on to your shirt making experience I realized and it wasn't it wasn't as early as new made May last year but I realized that so over 50 did a post in I think it was September last year with lots of brilliant shirts and I thought I don't have a nice button-down classic shirt that would be amazing but how difficult would that be I couldn't possibly do that but the thought wouldn't go away and you know I've got quite boobs so um, I find it quite hard to buy button-down things that don't gape so I thought this is a great opportunity to do something that I just can't buy you know as I say the thought just wouldn't go away and so I just thought well give it a go you know what have you got to lose So I started looking at all the different shirt patterns that there are, and there are loads, and I like lots of them, but I decided I wanted to do something that was fairly classic, so with a collar stand and collar, with a nice curved hem, with a sleeve placket, also something with different cup sizes, so I didn't have to worry too much about doing a full bust adjustment, and... If possible, I wanted something where there was a sew along or a little bit of extra information about doing some of the trickier parts. And so I settled on the Liesel & Co. classic shirt. I mean, it is what it says it is. It's a classic shirt. And I decided I really wanted a crisp white one, but I would start with something else. I got some light denim. I just took it step by step. And I actually think it's a bit like jeans making in many ways. I mean, there are lots of pattern pieces. I don't know how many steps there are in the instructions, but it seems like, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever. More than just stitch the soldier seams, set in the sleeves, stitch the side sleeves, as if you were doing a T-shirt. There's more than that. But, But it is a step by step process. And so... If you take your time and 
work it through, then it's, it comes together. Now, you've already commented on the number of books in my study, which I know that listeners won't be able to see. But my first instinct whenever I'm doing anything is to read about it. So I must have read the instructions for that shirt. I don't know how many times before I actually started sewing because I wanted to try and visualize it and understand the process before I was actually doing it. So I did a lot of reading. I tried to be as accurate as possible when I was cutting out and when I was marking, making sure I got all the notches and so on. And I realized this with James making, but even more so with shirt making. I do like top stitching. And uh, oh, I know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I know some people might find that unbelievable, but I really enjoy that. What is it? Is it a skill or just that process of trying to be as accurate as possible and get lovely straight lines? I'm not a perfectionist by any means, but I do get a lot of pressure out of doing that kind of thing. Yeah, so it, it came together and I've worn the I've worn it regularly since I made the first one, the denim one. And then I did make a white cotton one. I think I probably didn't buy the right kind of cotton. It's quite stiff. And as a consequence, I find it harder to make than the first one. And I think had I started with the white cotton that I made, I might have decided I could never manage a shirt. Um, so you know, there's a lot of luck involved, isn't there, as well, in the sort of choice of fabric and pattern and so on. I think you've made a couple of good choices as a starting shirt by using plain coloured fabric rather than an all-over print. You can actually see how good your work is when you've used a plain color fabric, whereas if you've used a fabric that had a lot of print in it, all of that top stitching would probably have gotten lost. Yeah, that's true. The benefit of a, of a print is, of course, you can sometimes disguise the less than perfect top stitching. Yeah, I, I think the other reason to start with a plain fabric is that you don't need to do any matching. And in fact, I have since, and this is the year of the shirt for me, because I have since bought some really lovely Czech fabric. It's actually quite a big Czech. It's probably about 10 centimetres. And I bought it because I loved it. And I thought I could just see myself in a shirt in that. Yeah. And then I got it out to make it in a fit of enthusiasm. And I thought, pattern matching. Eek. I don't know how to do that. I folded it up again. And I, I need to think about how I get some experience doing some pattern matching before before I start on that but that is you know definitely on my to-do list I know that if you would put a call out to sub 50 followers you would get a stack of really good advice as to how to pat match you're absolutely right I, I, I would in fact there's probably someone who's already written something that is really clear and helpful about pattern matching I just need to get my act together don't I we need to find them yeah they'll be out there somewhere so as part of your year of the shirt, so your original shirt that you bought was the Liesl & Co. Have you bought any other shirt patterns? I have. So my next shirt is going to be the Olia shirt by Paper Theory, which is quite a different style. I don't know if you know it. It has a combined front yoke and sleeve. So it has a really nice stitch line across 
across the sort of, I guess, at the upper bust level that continues right down the sleeve. So it looks like it's going to be a really interesting and quite different construction. I'm definitely going to make a twelve first on that one. So I have some, I live really near Fabworks Mill Shop, which is this enormous old mill building that sells all sorts of fabric, some of which is incredibly reasonably priced. It's usually end rolls and they have lots and lots of shirting fabric. So I went there and I bought some lovely pink check very, very small check um, shirting cotton. And I'm actually going to make this shirt with a group of people I met through Instagram. So there's a group called Sheffield Social. They ran a jeans January activity. So I met some, some people through that and a few of us are going to make a shirt together. So we'll have sort of weekly catch-ups and do a bit of problem solving when it all gets to too difficult. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it will be uh, different. And I think it will be really interesting to see how the construction differs from the classic shirt and also look at the instructions as well and see, you know, how they are different. Because at a first glance, some of the things, the placket and so on, are done differently. So it will start to give me choice, I guess, as to which one I prefer and and my adopt it as my standard. my standard plucket making technique or whatever. You've bought your first shirt pattern and you've had two great successes mm-hmm. and you're onto your second pattern. Are you feeling as anxious with this pattern as you did with the first pattern? I'm intrigued about the difference. And I guess the more you make, the more confidence you have that whatever the instructions, you can work it out. And that's not to say everything is perfect. And um, you can see that I'm wearing my white shirt today and I actually took a photo of it for Me Made May. And I've realised it's got some brilliant drag lines. And in fact, I have put out a call on Instagram. <laughs> Anyone know what these are for or how these are caused? There's always something new to learn, isn't there? And I'm more and more confident in my ability to follow a set of instructions and to use my machine, how it's supposed to be used. The real skill, I think, comes from fitting. And I guess that takes years of practice and iteration and trial and error. And I'm only at the start of that. Yeah. The great thing is you're still motivated to keep sewing. You've gone through the hurdle of making jeans to start off with. And then going for a classic shirt and you're still motivated to keep going. So I think that's really wonderful, Helen. Yeah, I mean, I do really, really like it. And I guess I've, I've got a bit of, maybe I'm just a bit naive. I don't realise that I'm doing anything that's difficult because I've never done it before. So I just give it a go. And you know, that would be what I would be saying to anyone who is in my position. Just try it out and see what happens and you know you'd be pleasantly surprised at what you can what you can do well it's a great testament to the fact that you're wearing your white shirt today and you're really happy with it I am really happy with it I'm happy that I don't know if you ever get this when you and maybe when you're ironing something or you take out your wardrobe and you think gosh 
I actually made that. That is, uh, so that makes me um, happy. And also just the fact that I've got a white shirt, which I like wearing, I like the look of a white shirt with jeans or that makes me happy too. So on Instagram, I've read your story about shirt making because you were a guest post for So Over 50. When did you find the So Over 50 community? So I discovered So Over 50 very early on after I joined Instagram, before I posted anything. In fact, I looked back today and they were the second account I followed at all. Now, immediately I was, well, I was drawn to the cause because you don't see enough older women, either in the ready-to-wear world or in the, in the sewing world, are shown wearing patterns by pattern makers and by pattern companies. So I was really drawn to that. But also seeing people of my generation wearing all sorts of wonderful clothes really helps to inspire me to think, you know what, maybe I could wear that dress or that top or... So I think it sort of widened my horizons. I also love that it's an international community and that you see how people dress in other countries, which I think sometimes can be different, not least because of the season's difference. Yes. So, yes, so I discovered uh, So Over 50 fairly on. And in fact, everything I know about Instagram, how you paste a story, how you annotate a story, I learned that from Sandy and Judith's tutorials <laughs> because where else do you go to learn about these things which most people seem to know instinctively and I definitely didn't. It's been really fantastic. So as well as wanting to sort of amplify the voice of the older woman, it's just a really friendly, warm place to be as well. The other thing I really like about So Over 50 particularly and Instagram, sewing Instagram more generally, is that you get a really lovely insight into people's lives. And I know there's lots of stuff out there about people feeling they need to put on a face for Instagram and be the perfect person. And of course, you know, we all do that some of the time, but equally people are very honest as well. You know, I have really appreciated that and I've learned a lot over the past, what would it be, 18 months since I joined. And you know, in some ways, it's taken me really out of my comfort zone, listening or learning about people who have very different lives to me. I know that some people think that we should just keep it to sewing. And that's all we should talk about. But life's not like that, is it? And I have really appreciated being exposed to what's going on around the world and hearing about people who are different from me and I like that it's sort of enlarged my view of the world and I think that's a really healthy thing for me because I want to keep learning and um, yes it's about sewing but it's about more than that and it always comes across that when on the podcast we've got people who are from the Sober 50 community and okay we're here to talk about sewing but there's that's only one layer of a person you know where they live the culture that they're in what they're facing that usually comes to the fore. And so I'm always really honoured to have guests who talk about, A, they're sewing to start off with, and then 
what that does for them as a person. Definitely, definitely. And if you think about the year that we've all had, you know, in all sorts of ways, whether that's the pandemic or Black Lives Matter, it's a window on the world that I think is really, really valuable. And I do appreciate people sharing their stories. And it's lovely that they can share it on Instagram and also on the podcast. So so what have you got on your sewing queue at the moment? So you've got the shirt. Do you have any other pieces that you have? I've got the shirt and I am also going to join in with Sew Together for Summer. So for Sewing Together for Summer, the theme this year is a sundress. And I have found a pattern. It's the Sewhouse 7 Underwood Tank sundress. It's fairly simple design for a knit sundress. And actually, I was talking about the, you know, the benefit of going to real fabric shops and talking to people who know about fabric. I was in a lovely fabric shop in Sheffield called Annie's. And I saw some, it's like French jersey. It was a lovely knit. It was a lovely knit, yeah, beautiful stripes. And I was thinking, oh, that would make a really nice sweatshirt. And the woman said, would make a great summer dress as well, don't you think? And I, and I immediately thought it would make a fab summer dress. In fact, it's going to be a sundress. So, um, so yeah, so I've got that in my queue. And also one of my favourite patterns as a pair of trousers, free range slacks. So I have seven, which I've made a couple of pairs of, and I've got some linen to make a pair for the summer. So I try not to get too ahead of myself. And I always like to have a plan for what I'm going to do with the fabric that I'm buying. But yeah, so that feels like quite a long queue at the moment. (laughs) But it sounds like quite a few classic styles that you'll wear for quite a while, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the, the free range slacks I've worn at least weekly since I made them uh, last summer, I think it was, can't remember. Yeah, so things I can just sort of pull on day after day. That's that's my style, I think. <laughs> so for people who are thinking about joining the Sour Over 50 community, what advice would you give them? I think you just have to look through the hashtags to be inspired about what you can do, about the people, the advice that they're offering, people incredibly generous and also I think Sandy and Judith do an amazing job keeping on top of that hashtag and resharing things that people are doing and also I mean they passed their some 30,000 followers very recently and I had that challenge about sharing old photos so that we could see vintage clothes That was just inspired. Such brilliant photos from, again, from around the world. It was amazing. And so I I don't, you know, I can't imagine how much time it takes for them to keep on top of this, to keep coming up with fresh ideas, for challenges, for sharing the makes, the techniques, the Instagram tutorials, and also the blogs that Susan does too. Yes. It's just a wealth of information and I I think they're brilliant Um, and one of the reasons I offered to do the guest editor slot is sort of partly to sort of help lighten the load really because it's our community isn't it I mean they are they are sort of masterminding it but it's for us and you know we 
we should contribute to it, I think, if we can. So, you know, it's another thing to step out of the comfort zone, isn't it? And, um, and, and yes. write something. And they were incredibly helpful when I was doing it. They were really good with advice. They made it as easy as possible. So it was great fun. So my advice would be, do something like that. Volunteer to be a guest editor or to support them when they when they call out for volunteers. It's a, it's a really it's a really fun thing to do, and I think it really helps grow our our so over fifty community. That's really great advice. I think the other thing that the so over fifty podcast sits really nicely alongside the account because you get to hear the voice and. You get a bit more detail. You're a bit limited, aren't you, in the number of words you can put in an Instagram post. What you're able to do is probe a bit more or give people a bit more of a platform to share their love of sewing. And I find that really interesting. As I, you know, as I said, I've I've loved listening to the Sew Over 50 podcast. So it's a really nice sibling of the account to be able to find out a bit more about the people in in the community. Thanks, Helen. I, I always feel that the podcast is a small part of what Sober 50 is all about. You know, they've got a community of over 30,000 people and it's Sandy, Judith and Susan and all the volunteers and people like yourself who give their time to do a guest post. Yeah, well, if they'll have me, I'll do another one one day. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Judith, you heard that. <laughs> but not too soon. <laughs> So thank you, Helen, for being on the podcast and sharing your story about sewing and what it means to you. Thank you very much. It's, um, it's actually really nice to talk about something that I really love doing. I mean, one of the things that, that is the, one of the consequences of the pandemic has been that I've hardly met any sewists in real life. And so, you know, one of my ambitions is that over the next year, I get to meet some sewists and, and you know, chat over coffee or wine or whatever. That would be uh, that would be really nice. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about sewing. It's been great. You're most welcome, Helen. No, seriously. I mean, I'm really happy to help out because I think it's given me so much. And it's really good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've made it really pleasurable. So thank you. <laughs> Phew. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much. This episode of Sew Over 50 podcast was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Helen Shaw soundbybensound.com you can subscribe to so organized style podcasts but with an s not a z on all good podcast apps and give us a five-star rating and review make sure you listen to over 50 so over 50 podcasts that we've now published post any questions or suggestions you have on our instagram account at so organized style or on our website at www.soorganizedstylepodcast.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.